Good morning and welcome to Enbridge Consulting's webinar this morning. The subject matter is change readiness and why is it important? We have our Head of Business Change and Digital Adoption, Wendy Henry, leading this particular seminar this morning. And we have Mark Harris, Business Development Director, who'll be leading the questions. Over to you, Mark. Thank you very much, Tracy. And good morning, Wendy, and everyone else that's joined us this morning. I uh, hope the sun is shining on you as it is here with me in Birmingham. Um, today, we're talking about change readiness. And I suspect that people on the call may have different uh, versions of what change readiness means, Wendy. So I wonder if we could really start with giving a, a clarification of what you believe it means based on all your years of experience, please. Thank you, Mark. That's great. And welcome, everybody. It's a great opportunity to be able to talk to you about this very important subject. Um, so, Mark, actually, I want to start answering this important question about what is change readiness by highlighting what I actually see typically seems to happen uh, in particular in systems change projects where we tend to find business change effort is either lacking um, or hasn't necessarily even been thought about. So my view is based on what I've seen and what I've experienced um, based on a number of years and a number of different projects. I'm gonna talk through a few deliverables or activities that usually happen within systems change projects, probably relatable to other types of change projects too, to be fair. Um, but these are the ones that I've come across that are the most common. So if we take training, for example, now let's be honest, training is a, an amazing key change enabler. There is no doubt that this enables people to move towards changing the way they work. And we also know that we tend to offer different types of training, particularly for systems projects, where we help project team members, um, people coming in from their service areas or their operational areas uh, to represent uh, themselves on the project and also even end users. So we support a wide variety of, of people. Typically though, what I tend to see is when training programs are delivered, we actually um, are very encouraged by the statistics. We get really excited by, oh, look guys, look how many people have actually attended that training program. Isn't that amazing? So all very quantitatively driven and then we also focus on the qualitative because we've got all the happy sheets in and we've actually, we've evaluated the training and we've said, hey guys and girls, how did you find this course? Now that all sounds really good, doesn't it? But let me tell you, I think we're missing a trick here because when we're talking about change readiness and training, actually, are we doing the following things? Are we focusing on actually checking that the training we're providing is going to enable people like the systems design project team members to make informed decisions about the design of the systems. That is all going to contribute to change readiness. Have we checked to see that, you know, with this training has actually contributed to the required skills to maybe help somebody contribute to the build of that system? And actually from our end user's perspective, has this training actually built a solid foundation to enable people to start to use the new system with confidence? And even more importantly, have we actually prepared those people attending the training to start to think about how 
they are going to need to work differently when that new system is in place? Or have we just encouraged them to attend the training and just left them to it and tick the box? So key takeaway for me around training and change readiness is it's not just simply about training people. You need to take it much further than that. Another key activity that tends to happen in most projects is that infamous go, no-go decision meeting. I've been part of quite a few of these in my day. And in my experience, it generally tends to look at whether or not all the technical elements or the key project milestones have been successfully achieved. And a decision then needs to be made by the project board. Can we switch over to this new system on the agreed date? Because that's what we're all focused on. Hark, I tell you people, who is highlighting whether or not the people elements are ready? Are we honestly making a decision about go and no go purely on the basis of technology or project milestones? Have we even heard or found out or do we even know if our people are ready for the change that is about to hit them? So I do find that we don't tend to see that often. We don't tend to see data collected, feedback gathered on the business change elements that then can feed into those go, no go decisions. And I hasten to add, who has had an experience where a project board or a project sponsor actually says, we are not ready to go ahead because our people are telling us that they are not totally ready for this change. So again, I think a key takeaway for me with regards to these types of decisions is you absolutely cannot just check that the system solution is ready or the project milestones have been achieved because that is not true change readiness. Another key enabler of great change readiness, which we again will all be nodding and going, yep, totally agree, is communication. So once again, what do I tend to see? I tend to see a project team very excited about getting those go live comms out there. Let's tick the box, guys. We've got the comms prepared. We've got the messages, you know, on the project plan. We need to get this out. Um, oh, and by the way, up until this point, we've been doing a fantastic job because we've been telling everybody what's coming. So do you know what? There should be no surprises because after all, we know what's coming. We're all in the know. We're okay, aren't we? Yeah, are we really? So again, what I'm saying to you here, have we actually taken communication to the next level in terms of getting ready for change, okay? In other words, have we actually checked up until now whether or not our impacted teams are actually feeling ready for change? Have we gathered their feedback on a regular basis? Or let's be honest, have we been just sending out one-sided communication? We may have been informing and raising awareness, which is great, but that's only one aspect. Have we gathered feedback from our line managers and their teams who are so critical to helping us adapt and get the messaging right and help these people to embrace the change? By being submersed in the project each day as a project team member, you may have a great sense of reality of what's coming, but don't forget, this is not necessarily the same reality for those who are out there. So you cannot then feel or say this project is change ready. So key takeaway, by simply informing key stakeholders, 
is not necessarily contributing towards true change readiness. My last key activity that I want to pick up on is that great phase that tends to come in the day after go live and typically about three to six months afterwards, what we classically call hypercare. So hypercare phase kicks in, great, system's gone live, you know, we've managed to switch over, wonderful. We closely monitor those technical issues, so keen to ensure business continuity can happen from an operational perspective. Because after all, this is one of the critical success factors, is it not? But have we actually considered change readiness beyond go live? Have we stopped to think about that at the end of the day? Have we just decided, well, we're all change ready? Because don't forget, in go, no, and go, no, go, and no go, we decided to switch the system on. But what we do do is we do take action for technical purposes. We take remediations when we have technical issues highlighted. Maybe what we tend to do is we look at the number of how do I calls coming in from the help desk and we use those to determine the severity of the impact of the technical issue. And if need be, we may even reallocate some key resources to fix the technical issue urgently. But what are we not doing? Are we considering change readiness still after that point? Are we actually using the how do I call data to monitor people impacting issues. Again, if we've not communicated before and got that feedback from our audiences out there, how do we know how they're doing at this point when the system has gone live? So have we actually looked at this information and decided, you know what, our training program has fallen short in some areas. So maybe we need to go out and do some reinforcement. Maybe our communication messages haven't landed as issues. Maybe we should be going out and do some more have our line matched and more importantly have we actually prepared our scene holders for the reality that productivity and therefore performance will drop post go live in those early days as the reality of this new system starts to impact those most significantly. And again, if we've not had that change readiness effort, all of the change readiness in all of the change, the better the organization will realize its intended benefits. Back to you, Mark. Apologies, the, uh, the, the unmute button didn't want to unmute there, Wendy. Mm -hmm. um, nope. It does sound like there's a huge amount to think about there. Uh, and it's not the kind of thing that should become a kind of project last minute type of, uh, of add-on. So in your, your experience, when should people actually start thinking and planning to have an effective change readiness program? Yeah, Mark, I think maybe I talked and referenced change and not actually the life cycle of the project. So that is a really big clue yeah, on my view of, of when you should start to think about this critical element. So I, if I make the assumption 
that the first phase of the change life cycle starts when an organization's senior stakeholders identify that there is a need for change. So in other words, there could be the classic burning platform. In other words, there's a driver in our organization that says, if we do not change something, we will increase our risk and our ability to adapt to internal or external factors. We also know that the good old burning platform usually drives a lot more urgency, which means plans can come about really quickly. Or we may even have a driver, which is where we want to transform the organization. And actually change readiness needs to be at the forefront of these senior stakeholders then already, not at the point where the project's about to kick off, not halfway through the project, not at go live, definitely beyond go live, but actually at that point where the business case has to start to be formulated. And again, and sadly in my experience, what I tend to see are fantastic business cases written on the basis of the investment of the technology and the project team, but absolutely zero percentage investment needed for business change support. And actually, what should be happening is that change readiness should be a big factor being built into that business case to ensure that the organization knows what they're dealing with at that early stage. So for example, your change that you're going to introduce ultimately has to be introduced within the wider context at the end of the day. It's not gonna be introduced necessarily within isolation of everybody else in that organization. So if you, you understand your critical challenges, your barriers or your resistance areas to change already pre-business case, you are able to make a much better judgment on how much resource, how much effort, what approach you need to take in order to build the business case around um, change management. So it is so critical that this is not forgotten about at the end of the day. The majority of organizations will have maybe pockets of great change management happening within, but not necessarily across the whole organization. So it's best to not make the assumptions that by not needing change management or, or preparing for change readiness is not important, it is essential. So that building of the business case piece comes into the fore in terms of understanding how your organization is going to respond to that change, what's happened in the past when change has been introduced, and what more is it that you can do to support that before your, your business case is even approved. And hopefully if you've got that all in there, you can get that business change element agreed and your project can then commence in earnest getting the activities right around change readiness as I, as I talked about earlier. So key takeaway, think about how change ready the organization is when a change is identified and then factor this into your investment case to ensure the right resources and change approach can form part of the change project. That's it in a nutshell, Mark. You call that a, a nutshell, Wendy. I think um, the reality is probably a lot of people don't always think about how to approach this because the right outcomes need the right inputs, for example. And not everyone has the, the skill set to perhaps set out on, on getting an effective journey. So how is it that we can, at Embridge Consulting, help organisations with this? Very true, Mark. And, and it, it is the overlooked factor, unfortunately, because I think people also get put off by the fact that trying to 
help people manage change is not easy. Let's be honest. What feels easier is bringing in a technology system or bringing in another change and implementing it in a project life cycle. But actually helping people through that can be challenging. So at Embridge, we are very much aware of how people can be and how people need to be supported. And we are very much wanting to be a strategic partner in the first place, to be fair. So that, that little conundrum around getting the business case right, well, we have the experience, we have the tools, we, we know how to work alongside senior stakeholders to help them either identify, you know, where are their organisations at currently in terms of their change maturity? Where are their organisations currently at in terms of the challenges they're facing? And then we can advise and give guidance around what a good change management setup would look like and how you would spend your change management money so that your business case approvers can see and be it can be transparent for them about how are you going to invest this money in change management to get the ROI on those intended benefits. We can also very much be part of a project team. We, we really like to work alongside organizations in, in most cases because we want to help and support either from a capacity point of view or an expertise point of view. In some cases, some change projects have got some great expertise, but they might need a little bit of help with other areas. So we like to step in and either do some very unique pieces of business change support. Also, we like to lead fully on, on a whole project provision and lead on the whole change work stream. So we are very versatile and very flexible. We like to provide guidance and support as well. So if somebody's project is happening already, and unfortunately, for whatever reason, they've not managed to get that change management support, you know, approved or agreed, and, and they've done their best, but they're struggling, we like to come in and help. And we always have a process by which everything we do with you we try and leave you in the best place possible because we want you to learn from us so that you're in a much stronger position and much more aware the next time a change project comes about that you can take that knowledge and experience that hopefully you've experienced with us and reapply that to your future change projects. So again, if you've got, you know, a scenario where you may be even using a system currently, for example, and you're finding things like user adoption is tricky. Um, you're not seeing this, the use of the system being proficient. We, we, we would love to come in and actually do a business change health check because sometimes it's not the technology that's the issue. It's actually how people have been supported um, all along the way to actually engage with that piece of technology. And sometimes a good health check on how the people are, are doing things and what needs to be done can also be a very helpful mechanism in order to get your return on investment. So a wide variety of support um, and just really, really keen to hear from people who would like to know more about those services, Mark. Wendy, that's been a really useful first insight and thank you very, very much for your time.